Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. The new year, the new Hebraic year, 5782, began on September the 6th and lasted until the end or until sundown on September the 8th. For you and I, this is the year 2021, fiscal year to 2022. For the Jews, it's the year 5782. Now, as we've said before, the Jews believe God's calendar is revelatory to help us focus on the possibilities, say possibilities, contained in the seasons of our life. And I acknowledge that, that this coming year has possibilities, is pregnant with possibilities. But according to your faith, so be it. And Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, the scripture says, And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to, celebrate, to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. To mark, to mark. What mark has God placed on this year of 5782 or 2022 for you and I? We acknowledge the fact that we serve a God of numbers, times, and seasons. In in Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 2, we read, These are my appointed festivals or feasts, the appointed, appointed festivals of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. Now, these, these times are considered sacred to him. These times, these seven feasts of the Lord, The high holy days are considered sacred times for him. And you need to know that God has scheduled an appointment with Israel seven times a year for the purpose. Now listen, these feasts of the Lord are sacred appointments. When he says to Israel, come together, a sacred assembly, I'm going to meet you there. And these are times for relationship and revelation. For God to enter into a deeper relationship with his people and to take them to a new place of revelation, okay? Luke chapter 4 and verse 19, Jesus said, I've come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, that's the year of Jubilee, as you know, when slaves are free, debts are canceled, and land is restored to the original owner. It's a time when God sets an appointment, that 50th year, And there is a release that's taking place, a scheduled appointment, not only for the purpose of relationship and revelation, but it's an appointment for restoration and blessing. And I want you to hear that. In these appointed feasts, there is an opportunity for a deeper relationship, a greater revelation, and it's also an opportunity for God to restore the land, to restore your finances, to restore uh, your freedom. It's a time for restoration. It's a time for freedom. It's a time for God to reset things, to recalibrate things, and to bring a blessing upon his people. And there is a practical application here for you and I, for you and I, Gentiles that are part of the church of Jesus Christ, yet people that have been grafted in 
because of Father Abraham, we've been grafted in. We are a people that need to recognize these appointed times. God said they're appointed. God said they're sacred. And these are times when we can enter into these moments with the possibility of relationship, revelation, restoration, and blessing. So this is a time for you to pay attention to what God is doing. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, the apostle Paul said, Now therefore, you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Say household. Household. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone. Jesus Christ himself, excuse me, my computer glitched on me, uh, being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord and whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Now I want you to notice, he talked about the household of God. He talked about its foundation. He talked about the structure being the people. He talked about the cornerstone being Christ himself. And all of this is taking place to build up a temple where God can inhabit Uh, he can have it here on planet earth. It's a temple of the Lord, the household of God. This is the Hebraic year of 5782. It is the number, the letter bait. It stands for, may it be the year, may it be the year of the sound of the house. Pray with me, Father, bless the reading of your word. Give us revelatory knowledge. Draw us closer to you. Restore what the enemy has taken from your people. Father, bring blessings upon the people in this coming year. Bring blessings upon your house. We declare it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Okay, let's go through this first part very quickly. It's a reminder, refresh you, regarding the numbers, understanding the numbers. And Hebrew numbers are also letters. So in Hebrew, 5782 is a set of letters, okay? As you know, the number 5,700 deals with the millennium. It means, may it be the year of. The number 80 deals with the decade, and it is the letter, the Hebrew letter pay, as we've already preached in the past, or the decade of the mouth. So during this millennium of 5,700, it says, may it be the year of. During this decade of 80, it's a year of the mouth, expression, speech word but we're in the year two and this hebrew letter is the letter bait okay now as you know pay for the decade of 80 means mouth it means speech but it also means breath and i want you to notice the white part in in inside of that black it looks like a face with a mouth i want you to notice that This is the decade of pay. Now, as you know, Hebrew and Hebrew, okay, a letter has a meaning, it has a picture, and it has a numerical value, okay? And the letter bait is a picture of a tent, meaning house. It can also be translated as household or that which is inside. You see it? Uh, it's on your top left. You see it. You see the tent bait 
right under a leaf. It looks like a house, okay, or a tent. Now, as we preached before, a leaf is the first letter in the ancient Hebrew alphabet and translates as what is first. It's also a silent letter. There's no sound in it of itself. It's the first letter, a leaf, but it's silent, okay? It's a silent letter. And we preached on this before, the strength, the strength of silence. We preached this last year as we looked at 5781. But bait, although it's the second letter, bait is the first letter in the Torah or the Bible since alif is a silent letter. Alif and bait form the word alphabet. That's where we get our word alphabet. So every time you see the word alphabet, you can think alif and bait. Those two words come together, first and second letter and the Hebrew alphabet. That's where we get our word alphabet. So you understand that 5700 plus 80 plus two means may it be the year of the sound of the house. 5700 may it be the year of 80 sound, mouth, word, and two bait or house. May it be the year of the sound of the house. As we're going into this new year, remember this is the year to listen for the sound of the house. In this decade that we're in right now on the Hebraic calendar, 5780 or 2020 as we preach was pay or mouth, 5781 or 2021 was alif or silence. Now listen, as we went into 2020, we never saw an emphasis placed on the mouth like we did in 2020. Talking about the pandemic and, and, and the, the mask. And then we went into 2021, okay? And I've never seen a year when we needed to be more careful because of the words of our mouth and the, the division that came into the church. Rather, it was over politics or over the pandemic or over if you should wear the mask or you shouldn't wear the mask. I've never seen, I've never seen it like this where in 2020, it was the year of, the, of pay, the mouth, and there was a mask over the mouth. That's the image you have in your mind of 2020, the mask over the mouth. In 2021, Alif was the year to embrace the strength of silence where we needed to listen to, the, to, to silence, to listen to Holy Spirit before we spoke. And we preached on that. Before you speak, I told you, be careful and guard the words of your mouth. And I've never seen division come into the church like I have here recently. It's divided our church across this nation and it was unnecessary. And the enemy took the circumstances we were in and he used it against us. Now, I point out those two things to help you understand why this year we need to pay attention. If 2020 was accurate, if 2021 was accurate, then 2022 should be accurate. And we need to pay attention. And this is the year of bait or house. This is an appointed time, an appointed time by God to renovate God's house. In 2020 and 2021, we saw the devastation that was done to the house of God in America. They're claiming through the pandemic, one in five churches will close permanently. This is not my stuff. This is coming from out there. They're saying that this, this pandemic,
pandemic is going to shut churches down permanently. I've said to you many, many times how that churches across the nation, uh, pastors across the nation are struggling with what do we do? How do we bring people back to the church? How do we get people back engaged? We have people that are staying home right now to watch online. And I respect that decision. And some of them should do that because of underlying health issues or they're in that high risk demographic because of their age. And I respect that. And and that's what they need to do. So I'm not speaking to that group, but I'm speaking to the group that during 2020 that left the church and and they never came back and they're not watching online and they, they lost hope and they gave up on the church and people have walked away and because of division and strife and conflict, people have given up on church. I'm telling you, if there ever was a time when the house of God needed to go through a renovation, it's now. Understanding the numbers. This is the time for the renovation of God's house. 5782. May it be the year of the sound of the house. We understand what it means to be homesick. I've shared with you before the story of when I was six years old, Royal Rangers, Lake Ivanhoe, uh, with the, the Royal Rangers from First Assembly of God in Nederland. Pastor, uh, pastor Williams was our pastor and he was there with us and we were camping out and I was just a little feller and I got homesick and I went in my tent and, and there happened to be another little boy in there and I lay down and I started crying. And, and Pastor Williams came in and he looked at me and he said, well, Randy, what's wrong? And I said, well, I'm homesick. And, and I was crying. And then the other little boy started crying. And so Pastor Williams and his wisdom scooped me up as quick as he could. And he got me out of there because he knew that that homesick feeling is contagious. And he took me to a, uh, to a house and people he knew. And I called and my parents came and got me. And, and, and I appreciated it so much. I remember as a little boy sitting in the back seat. You remember the days when you didn't wear seatbelts? And, uh, and I leaned up, and, you know, I leaned up that, that bench seat up front. My, my dad driving, my mom. And I leaned up and between the two of them. And I said, thank you for coming to get me. Listen. I was so appreciative because I was homesick for that which is familiar. I was homesick for the sounds, the sights, and the smells of my home. I was homesick for that. I was looking for that place, that sense of security. And Psalms 27, the psalmist said, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. What I'm concerned about coming out of 2020 and 2021 is that people that have walked away from our churches, that, that, that this, this is a dangerous time. And we need, we need to restore the house of God. And, and I'm just believing and I'm declaring that people are going to get homesick. And, and people are going to get homesick for church. That people are going to get homesick for God's presence. Because that homesick feeling, as it was with me in that tent, it's contagious. And I believe in that people are going to get homesick for the presence of the Lord. As David said, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I'm just believing that homesickness is contagious. As the pandemic is contagious, homesickness is contagious. People are... Looking, I believe, I believe that people are looking for a church 
that has moved beyond just the form. And they're, they're looking for something more real and something more tangible. A home for their heart. A home. A home. A place that can cure that homesick feeling. A home for the heart. I believe this because I know this. That there's only one place that's a place of rest for the weary soul. Amos chapter 8 verse 12 said, Men will stagger from sea to sea searching for the word of the Lord. Men are searching for the word of the Lord. I, I believe as people start coming back, they get that homesick feeling. They wanna, they, they're coming back looking for the sights and the sounds and the smells of home. And they're, they're coming back. They're going to come back looking for something more than just a form. They're going to come back looking for something more than just religion. But they're going to be staggering from sea to sea, looking for a place that sounds like home, that looks like home, that smells like home. They're going to look for a place that offers them rest for their weary soul. How many believes that people coming out of 2020 and 2021 are going to be weary, tired? Oh, church, you got to hear my heart this morning. People are going to come tired and wearied, and they're going to be staggering staggering under the load of cares and concerns and broken and bruised and but they're going to look for something more than form and structure they're going to be looking for something that's real something that can give them that that relief that home sickness that they've got and psalms chapter 90 and verse 1 the psalmist said lord you have been our home since the beginning you have been our home there is no home no place for the homeless soul like the father's presence the father's presence souls that are staggering from sea to sea there's no place like the father's presence and i'm telling you i've seen it this year where they came in uh they came in here and uh uh oh i'm getting get my names is it bill mona are you here Mona right there. Mona and Bill came in. We just lost Bill. And they said to me when they first came in here, they sat down. They felt the presence of God. And the first thing they said was, it's good to be home. It's good to be back in a place where the presence of God is. There is no place like the homesick soul. There is no place like the weary soul. There is no place like home. There's something about coming home and the sights and the sounds and the smells of home. The psalmist said, you have always been our home. You have always been our dwelling place. So I declare, I declare for 5782, 2022, that Holy Spirit will cause men and women to become homesick for the Father's house. I release that word over this region where men and women are going to get homesick. I release it that Holy Spirit is going to start wooing people. He's going to give them that homesickness. Listen, listen to me. If darkness can release a pandemic, light can release that homesickness. Let homesickness push out the pandemic and make people homesick for the house of God. Let them be homesick for the presence of God. David got homesick in the book of Psalms. He said, oh, how I used to go with the throng to the temple of the Lord. Listen, let people wake up one morning and say, I'm homesick for the presence of God. I'm homesick for the people of God. I'm homesick for the household of faith. I declare that over this region.
that this is the year for the sights and the sounds and the smell of the house. People are going to get homesick and want to come home. You have to know that God has a favorite house. And what he calls church and what we call church are two different things. Two different things. In Matthew chapter 21 and verse 12 through 17, Jesus goes to church. And it says, then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and seats of those who sold Holy Spirit. Or excuse me, I'm sorry, it's the dove. Doves. And he said to them, it is written. Now I want you to notice that. He's saying to them, there's a blueprint. If you'll go back, there's a blueprint on how to do church. It is written, my house will be called a house of prayer but you've made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. You see, they heard the sounds of home coming out of him. They recognized it. But when the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and that amazes me, they acknowledged it. It was wonderful. And how the children began to cry out and worship him and say, Hosanna, the son of David. They were indignant. That's why oftentimes I warn people, when you come into a, a church, a worship set, and you see people up front worshiping, and they may be demonstrative in their worship, just be careful putting your mouth on them. Don't, don't, you don't know who they are. You don't know where they've been. And you don't know what they're coming out of. You don't know. You don't know what they're, what they're worshiping their way out of. And, and they're, they're coming with a childlike faith. And they're worshiping God like children. And you got to be careful with that. Don't get indignant. That's a spirit of religion. And so I warn people, be careful with that. And he said, they said to him, don't you see what they're saying? And Jesus said, yeah, I hear it. But haven't you read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise? See, we here at One City Church, we try so hard to do everything with excellence. Uh, because we want to give God our best. And we don't want anything to distract you from worshiping God. A piano, or that's, well, you can't, keyboards now, I don't think they can. But a piano, acoustical piano can get out of tune. And when it's out of tune, boy, it just, it distracts you. When somebody is, is tone deaf and they're not singing, you know, the right note, you just, it can be distracting. So we want to create a symphonic sound a symphony that's in tune, that's in unity, and release that symphonic sound that can knock down the walls of Jericho. So we do everything with excellence, amen? Just give God our best, give God our best. But with everything that we do, I still know what God loves the best and the most is just our simple childlike worship, our praise unto him. Just that simple worship. And sometimes when I see the children down here just jumping up and down and, and they'll be running, just playing and having a great time, I think that's what my father likes. Out of their childlike faith, out of their innocence, they just, they just love the Lord. They just worship him. That's what God wants. He said it here. Luke in verse 17. After all this, the Bible says he left church and he went out to the city, went out of the city to Bethany and that's where he lodged. And I want you to keep that in mind. So this day, Jesus comes to church. The problem is, is this is the day that God tripped. He tripped on our furniture. 
because we had the furniture in the wrong place. I've told you before when I was a boy, we used to stay up at night, you know, when we could on Friday night and, and 1030 after, you know, you only had three channels. You kids today, y'all have no clue. Three channels. Yeah, six, four, and 12 here. And um, 10 o'clock news, 1030, Carol Burnett, probably the only thing on. Yeah, Carol Burnett. And um, when, it was, when it was all off, when it was done, you turn the TV off and it would be totally dark in our house. But because we were familiar with the house, you could walk from the living room straight to your bed in total darkness because you were familiar with the house. Now, if somebody moved the furniture, then you could have a problem and you could trip. You could trip. Now, when I was little, I, I caught on to it later, but my brother used to put his hand on my right shoulder and he put me in front of him like he was trying to help me. And I, I figured it out one time because going down our hall with it, go down to the bedrooms, there was a door that we never closed. But one night somebody closed it and I caught it right here. Of course, my brother thought it was the funniest thing in the world, but it, he, I was a buffer between him and any objects he might hit. But the point is, everything worked fine as long as you didn't move something. But when you move something, somebody could trip. And Jesus comes into the temple and he starts tripping over tables of the money changers and those that sold the doves because they moved the furniture. And Jesus spoke up and said, hey guys, did you not read the blueprint? They rearranged the furniture. He said, it is written. It's written in Exodus 25. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. You see, Herod's temple at this time contained four separate courts. The court of the Gentiles, the court of women, the court of the men, and the court of priests. There were separate courts. There was division and separation. It was called religion. And religion is still functioning in the temple today. We have the courts for this person. We have the courts for that person. We have the courts for this person. We have the courts. It could be based on race. It could be based on economics. It could be based on gender. It could be based on denomination. But listen, guys, we look at the, 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 the Jews and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes of this time, and we shake our head and go, oh, how religious they are. And we're in America doing the same thing they did. We're just as guilty as they are with our denominations. And I'm Baptist and I'm Methodist and I'm Pentecostal and I'm Church of God and I'm Assembly of God. We're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing with black, white, and brown. We're doing the same thing with economics. They're welcome. They're not welcome. We're doing the same thing in, in America today. And we look at them and shake our heads. But there were courts. There was separation. There was division. But the Bible says in Ephesians 2, for he has broken down the wall of separation. Through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. One spirit, we all can go in. There's not the court of the Gentiles. There's not the court of the men, the court of the women, the court of the priests. It's just one way in, access by the spirit. We're all born again of one spirit. We have one access. He tore down the wall that separates us. This is God's favorite house. Do you hear me? This is God's ideal of church. This is it. That's why I love it the way our church has grown, where it's black, white, and brown, where it's Baptist and Methodist and Pentecostal and Catholic and uh, non-denominational. I love that 
because that's God's ideal of church. And I'm, this year, God is restoring his church. He's restoring the house of God. There's a renovation that's going to take place this year. If we'll pay attention, if we'll listen, if we'll follow Holy Spirit, God wants to come in and rearrange the furniture and get it back the way he wanted it to be from the very beginning. I want you to remember the prophetic word that was given to us called Awaken Beaumont, the program of Clay Nash. You remember the, uh, the, the, the word that we shared with you. In that word, it was stated that religious signs are going to come down. They said that. I didn't say that. Then this year of 5782, they said church is going to start taking their signs down and say, we don't care what the sign says. You're welcome here. Now, whether they do that physically or just spiritually, I don't know. But the point is, this coming year, if we'll pay attention... It is possible that in Beaumont, there can be a move of God where we'll come together, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic, Pentecostal, non-denominational, black, white, and brown. And we won't care what signs over our churches. And we'll come together and have church the way God intended for church to be done. God's idea of church. Of all his houses, God had one favorite. We're still talking about God's favorite house. Moses was the original tabernacle. Solomon built the tabernacle of splendor, but David had the tabernacle of worship. In Acts chapter 15, Luke said, after this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Wow, just a tent. Not the splendor of Solomon's temple and not, the, not that awesome uh, original unique tabernacle of Moses in the wilderness. It was David's tent that God said, I will restore. A tent of worship. You see, when David brought the, brought the ark back to Jerusalem, he took it to the mount and it is said that he put up a tent with the sides open and the ark underneath where you could see in to that tent, that shelter. And there, 24-7, they worship God. And they did this every day for 36 years. You could come and approach the mount and you could see up there a tent like a brush harbor and underneath it, the ark. And you could see the Levites worshiping God 24 seven. David, now listen guys, this, this, is, this, is, this is something you've got to get your mind around. God said to Israel, I've given you a blueprint on how I want the tabernacle, the temple built and how it is to operate. And yet, David here is not following the letter of the law. David understood in his spirit, he had to understand what God's heart was. He had to. The Bible says that David was, was a man after God's own heart. And David was able to move beyond the letter of the law and by the spirit move into that dimension of worship that God always intended for Israel. He always, you remember when David was, was running from Saul, he came to the priest and he said, my men are hungry. And he gave him some of the showbread that only the priest was supposed to eat. You see, but God knew David's heart. Do you understand? God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. I'm not giving you an excuse to break the law to transgress God's word. But I want you to understand that God is looking at the heart with David. 
And David is worshiping him and the way that God always intended. And when God came to the place of saying, I'm going to rebuild the, the temple. He didn't say Moses' tabernacle, Solomon's temple. He said David's tent. That's my heart. Where there is a, a, a man or a woman that would abandon themselves to worship uninhibited and come before him and worship him. That's God's ideal of church. And that is God's ideal of worship. That's why he said, David is a man after my own heart. Abandon uninhibited worship. And this year, I'm telling you what I believe for 5782 is the year to renovate God's house, to get the furniture back where it belongs, for us to return to God's ideal of church and to abandon ourselves to uninhibited worship and to return to David's fallen tent. That's the ideal. That's God's plan. And that's what I see for 5782. You see, a presence-driven house. Acts 17 said, uh, guys, let's skip that. I'm running out of time. Look, there is today a new kind of homelessness spiritual drifters because of Amos 8 he said men will stagger from sea to sea looking for the word of the Lord looking for it a church that is present centered and purpose driven they'll, they'll look a, a new kind of homelessness spiritual drifters that are hungry for God's presence hungry in the book of Psalms he said Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Better is one day. And I just believe that this year, this year, as we understand the numbers, this year, as we understand God's ideal of church, this year, as people are homeless, spiritual drifters, they're going to start looking as people, as Holy Spirit begins to sweep across our nation with that homesickness. And people get up on a Sunday morning and they say, look, I, you know, we need to get back to church. I just feel this, this need and this, this longing to go back to church. They're homesick. And they're going to say, well, where are we going to go? I'm just believing that they're going to go back to the house that looks and sounds and smells like home. And they're going to long, spiritual drifters, they're going to long to come back homeless. They're going to come back because better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. That's why for 15 years, I've tried so hard to keep it before you that we are present-centered and we are purpose-driven. We are driven with a mission to restore fallen man with Holy Father. We are a people to build the ecclesia, to build heaven's Congress on planet earth and to administrate the kingdom of God here and now. This is who we are. Verse 13, in Matthew, he said, my house will be called a house of prayer. Wow, it's amazing. The house of prayer. Now, there are some facts about the house of prayer that you need to know. First of all, it's a dedicated place of possibility. It's a place where you have access to the Father. And it's a place where prayers are answered. That should be the hallmark 
That should be the distinguishing mark of the church, answered prayer. People come in here, this is a place of possibilities, a place where you can have access and a place where your prayers are answered. Distinguishing mark. Because brokenness on earth creates openness in heaven. When we're broken here, heaven is open there. Mark 9.23, he speaks about all things are possible if you can believe. You see, a house of prayer is a house of possibilities. All things are possible to them that believe. All things are possible to them that pray. So whenever Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer, that means number one, it's a dedicated place, a prayer. It means that we can talk to the Father and it means that all things are possible because through prayer, all things are possible. So the house of God should be a house of possibilities or a place where dreams come true. You see, that's what we as a church have to always remember. When we come together as an ecclesia, we come in here, and this is a place of possibilities. It's a place where dreams come true. And we're here to do exactly what Jesus did. Jesus stood up and said, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer or a house of possibilities. What was the very next verse? What did that provoke or what did that cause? It said the blind of the lame came to him. Suddenly the blind and the lame start showing up. When you start preaching hope, when you start preaching faith, when you start preaching possibilities, when you start preaching miracles, they'll come. They're looking for that place. They'll come. You see, what we've got to remember is that the possibility that we're looking for is found in impossible people and impossible situations. We, we, we should welcome the blind, the lame. We, we, we should welcome uh, uh, the, those that are in addictions. We should welcome those that are broken. We should be that last stop. <laughs> we should be that place where people say, if God don't move there, if, if it don't happen here, I don't know where to go. We are, we are that place of possibilities. But the possibility is found in impossible situations. We shouldn't shy away. We shouldn't shy away from impossible situations. We should welcome them because that's where the possibility lies. Jesus attracted and permitted the undesirables into the temple area. Remember the four courts? Listen, you're blind and you're lame. You can't come into the temple. The law wouldn't allow that, but Jesus did. He said, you come on in here, the undesirables. I want you. Religion will shut people out, but God invites them in. church should specialize in making possible the impossible we should okay so we understand the numbers and what this year is about restoring the house of God we understand God's favorite house is David David's fallen tent a place of abandoned uninhibited worship a place where dreams come true but we need this year for God to return to the house. In verse 15 here in Matthew, 
Matthew 21, it said that the scribes and the Pharisees, they, they saw the wonderful things that were happening. And that astounds me. They saw the stuff. But yet they were still indignant. Still indignant. And so he cleansed the temple. He took this out of Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 1 through 11, when he called it a den of thieves. You see, as thieves hide in caves and think they're safe, so Israel assumed that the temple or their religion could protect them in spite of their sin. And, and, and that's why I preached to you for years that it's a very dangerous thing to be backslidden and in the house of God because religion can give you a false sense of security. Are you with me? Take a deep breath. You're going to live. You're going to make it. I know the clock is done, so I'm, I'm going to move quickly. Now. But, but you, you come into the house of God and just because you're in the church don't make you of the church. That, that's why we have to be careful in America with religion. Religion can be very dangerous. Okay. God refused to allow Israel to use their religion to give them that false sense of security. So he said, you've made this a place where you hide like thieves in a cave. You hide in here in your religion and it gives you that false sense of security. He dealt with it. He cleansed the temple of that deception. He turned over the tables. He rearranged the furniture and said, you've gotten off track. And so perhaps in 2020, perhaps the, the consequences of 2020, 2021, is going to be stripped away. Stripped away, that false sense of security in America. Maybe, maybe, 20, maybe 2020 and 2021, because the pandemic, it, it drove people out of the church. It, it caused pastors to pause and to think, well, what do we do now? Maybe, just perhaps 2020 and 2021 has stripped away that false sense of security. Pastor Enrique was telling me, I think I understood his numbers correctly, that there's a church out west that he's aware of that before the pandemic, they were running like 60,000. Now, I, that's hard to believe, but yet Joel Osteen at one time got to 40. He lost 10, I think, down to 30, He's, you know, but he was at 40, so 60 is possible. But because of the pandemic, they dropped down to 2,000 people. Is it possible that God didn't cause the pandemic, but he allows it, father filtered, and he uses things he uses things like that to strip away our false sense of security. That in our religion, in our success, in all that we had in America, that maybe we rearranged the furniture and God was tripping over it. That, that maybe we had stuff out of place. And, and maybe we were focusing on the originality of Moses' tabernacle to be on the cutting edge, cutting edge, or the splendor of Solomon's temple. We wanted the flash and the bing and the bang and the beautiful and we had the best of the best. And God had to come in here and kind of strip everything away and say, you, you missed it. My ideal of church, my favorite house is the fallen down tent of David's abandoned, uninhibited worship. 
that little brush harbor. And, and maybe God, did he allow all that to, to shake the church and to shake pastors where they would shake off just, just the driven to be successful and to embrace once again the spirit to be significant and to get back to David's fallen tent. Is it possible? I'm just asking. Is it possible that he allowed all of that? God wants to return to the house. So we have some things to do. You see, I'm going to say to you that even God gets homesick. Matthew 21, 17, the text we read. The Bible says when he came to church and he, the furniture was in the wrong place and he was tripping over stuff and he, he became that religious indignation took and he threw the tables out of the way and he says, you guys are hiding in your religion. You got all these courts and there's so much division among you. We've got the blacks over here and the whites over there and the Latinos over there. and We've got the, the poor over here and the rich over there and the Republicans over here and the Democrats over here, the independents over here and the Baptists and Methodists and Presbyterian. He said, y'all, you've all turned on each other and you're eating your own young. And he says, you don't understand. I want my house be a place where dreams come true and they heard that and here comes the lame and here comes the blind they said that's that's what I've been looking for I've been staggering looking for the word of the Lord I'm homesick I'm homesick for Jehovah God and there he is and and the little children begin to worship and cry out Hosanna Hosanna and 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 the religious people get all indignant says wait a minute you're you're disturbing our agenda. Oh my God. <laughs> and after all that, the Bible says they saw all the wonderful things and they were still indignant. So Jesus, the Bible says, he said, I tried. And he left. And it went to the city of Bethany. It's a bait word. Bethlehem, house of bread. Bethel, house of the Lord. Bethany. So he goes to Bethany and he lodged there. Bethany in the Greek means house of misery. Lodge means to pass the night in the open air. So here's the word for you. God would rather pass the night outside in misery than to spend the night with religious spirits. Jesus said, I tried. And he'd rather go out in the night and be miserable than to hang out with religious spirits. You see, even God gets homesick for his favorite house. Stephen, come help me. I got to get out of this. I believe that God is homesick. And I believe that God wants to come home. John chapter 14, verse 23. If anyone loves me, 
He will obey my teaching. My Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He just wants to come home. It's all he wants. It's all he wants. And I think of this coming year. It's time for Beaumont to know that God has come home. And that's up to you and me. But there's one thing we have to do. You see, Psalms chapter 127 and verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. That scripture is for us. Because we're building the church and we're watching over the city. So what does the Lord do? How does he build the house? I could spend an hour right here, but I'm just going to give it to you like this. You have to study it on your own. The Lord builds the house. He builds it with the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Ephesians 2.20. He builds it with a structure of living stones, 1 Peter 2.5. We are living stones. Inside, there are the sites of the home, Galatians 6.10. It's called the household of faith. The house holds faith. When you come into our churches, it should be a house of possibilities where you have access to the presence of God and prayers are answered. It's a household of faith. If we're anything, we should be a household of faith. The sights, signs and wonders and miracles. What's inside? The smells and the aroma of home, 2 Corinthians 2.15. Paul said, we are the aroma of Christ to the Father. When you come in our house, you should go, smells like home. When I was a little boy, I remember coming in the back door of our home there at 503 22nd Street in Needle, and I slammed that back door. How many used to be a door slammer? I was a door slammer. When I entered a room, I wanted everybody to know I was there. I still do it. I'll slam them doors. I'd slam that door. That door would just rattle. I'd hear my mama haul out, don't slam the door. Next time, bam. I'd smell roast beef, rice and gravy. Smell like home. When you come into the church, you should smell like the ecclesia. Smells, smells like home. What's inside? The sounds of home. Acts chapter 2, verse 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, there was a sound from heaven. This is the year of bait, the house. This is the decade of sound, voice, words. This is the millennium of may it be. May it be the year at the sound of the house. The scripture for 2022 is found in Acts 2.22. Okay? 2.22 for this coming year. Peter continued, people of Israel, listen to the facts. Jesus, the victorious, was a man on a divine mission whose authority was clearly proven. For you know how God performed many powerful 
miracles, signs, and wonders through him. There's only two verses that I could find. If you find another, I stand corrected. But I could only find in the King James, the New King James Version. I found only two. There could be more, but I know there's two in the book of Acts that contain all three of those words in one verse. 222. Miracles, signs, and wonders. This is the year. This is the year. And it said it's through the sun. Last year, 5781 was Alif, which means the strength of silence. I don't have time to show you, but the, the picture of that year was the ox, and it represented the strength of the Father. This year, 5782 is bait, our house. The picture is a tent, and it's considered the year of the sun. This is the year for Jesus to be restored to his rightful place in our churches. This is the year for Jesus to be placed back on the throne. We need to dethrone ourselves. We need to dethrone men. We need to dethrone religion. We need to dethrone our differences. We need to dethrone our separations and put Jesus back on the throne. And when we get Jesus back where he, he deserves to be, we'll see once again miracles, signs, and wonders. I know this because John chapter 12 said, and if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And the way he does that is through miracles, signs, and wonders. You let that be restored to the house and they'll line up to East Texas Freeway to get in here. Lift up Jesus and 5782. Restore, restore the house of the Father. Let's get the foundation right. Let's get the structure right. Let's acknowledge the apostles and prophets. You need, we need to go to a new level of honor and respect for apostolic authority and the spirit of prophecy. We need to come to a new place of submission to heaven's authority. We need apostolic authority in our house. We need structure, the living stones. You need to find your place. You've got to get plugged in. You've got to take your seat. You've got to get involved. You've got to quit spectating and start participating. And then we need to restore the sights, the smells, and the sounds of the house. This is the year to do that. For this is the year. May it be the sound of the household of my God. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.